Episode 136 of Shannon on Batman. I am your host, Justin Shannon. We've got Kyle Davis. Say hi, Kyle. Hello. So in tonight's episode, we are excited to have back on the podcast one of the most prolific comic book artists of all time, um, Lee Bermejo. It's been a couple of years since we've had him on. Uh, the last time we talked to him, we really got into... Uh, conversation about Batman Noel, the Joker, and we are really excited to have him on to talk about We Are Robin, Batman Dam, which just came out, well, the final issue just came out last week. So we are very excited to have Lee Vermejo on. And it's like when you, when you read comic books and you see how prolific and how talented someone is, when they come on to talk to you and they're even nicer to you, that just means so much to us as fans. So we are very excited for you guys to listen to this. Hopefully my sound, you know, doesn't sound so terrible. I've had mic issues the entire uh, entire recording process for 136, which makes no sense to myself or Kyle or even to Lee. So um, <laughs> with that being said, we hope that you take a listen to episode 136 and that you enjoy Listening to us talk to Lee as we had so much fun and enjoyed so much of Lee's time talking with us. Okay, sir, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, we would like to actually start the podcast off with an easy question. Okay. Robert Pattinson was cast as Bruce Wayne Batman. And like with Heath Ledger, Ben Affleck, and Michael Keaton, controversy surrounds this character, these characters sure. of Batman, Joker, etc. What What are your thoughts on Pattinson being cast as the Dark Knight? Uh, I, I learned a long time ago that, you know, um, these things tend to su surprise people, especially when, when people start to see what the final project act, uh, product actually looks like. Yeah, people tend to come around, you know, some people don't, but um, when I first heard about Pattinson being cast, uh, you know, the first thing I thought was what I think like most, like most people, you know, it's, he's not an obvious choice, at least not for me. Um, but I saw a few years ago uh, a labor with with him and Guy Pierce, and I, I have to be I have to be totally honest. I mean, I've seen the first Twilight movie, but I don't think I've seen any of the other Twilights, and I don't. I, I mean, that doesn't paint my opinion of the guy or or, or in any in any way. Um, I've seen him in a couple other films, and he was pretty great. And I mean, I just, I saw Good Time, um, Good Times, I think I saw it a year ago now. And I mean, that movie blew me away, I, you know, mostly for the direction, but he was amazing in it. So I'm sure he's going to bring something interesting, interesting to the role. Really, I mean, uh, it sounds um, diminutive to say this, but it, it really is mostly about the the look of the film and the, the obviously the story of the film, but also where, where, what they do with the bat suit, you know, that will do a lot uh, to, to help the guy out. Are there any characters in particular you'd like to see come to life on the big screen in this new adaptation? You know, um, it's weird. It, you know, if you'd asked me that 10 years ago, I would have given you a laundry list of, of uh, characters I would have wanted to see in movies based on comic books that I would have wanted to see. Now, um, I've kind of completely done a, an about face because I feel like the saturation with those movies is getting, at least for me, to a certain point where I have a really hard time maintaining interest. And so um, 
you know, even the latest uh, Avengers movie, I, I just, I don't get it. It's, you know, I don't, I don't understand what the the fuss is all about. I, I don't think they're particularly good movies. So, I mean, you know, I, I think that, I think that they're, um, people are very invested in those actors, you know what I mean? And those actors playing those particular roles. But um, I, I just don't, I just don't, you know, like yet again, another CGI slugfest at the end of the movie. It's just, you know, I check out the third act almost every time I, I check out. So, I, you know, what, what do I, what do I want to see? Um, uh, you know, if, if Spielberg actually finally gets around to making this Black Hawk movie, that would be amazing because that's something I'd, I'd be more curious to see, you know, period piece. And, and, um, uh, I love Black Hawk by Howard Shaking. Mm. So I would, I would absolutely love to, to see, to see something like that. Um, I'm pretty excited about Joker. I think Joker's going to be a, a great movie. So, um, I, I mean, if they do more smaller character driven pieces, you know, along the lines of what they did with Logan, which is, I mean, I think that's the best, um, X-Men, you know, movie I've ever seen, at least that they've done so far. Uh, or at least I should say, I should say the one that's most the closest to my taste. Um, but yeah, you know, late, lately I, I'm, I'm find myself much more, um, I'm gravitating much more to filmmakers who are, um, you know, kind of starting their careers right now or on, on the way up and, and, um, writing and, and directing their own material, like the guys who did good times and, and, you know, Robert Eggers with, uh, the witch and, and the lighthouse. I mean, I think stuff like that, I find in, incredibly intriguing. You brought up, uh, the Joker, which is coming out in October. Yeah. With starring Joaquin Phoenix, De Niro is going to be in the film. Um, a few comedic actors. I can never pronounce her name. Zaze Beats. Yeah, Bates. Yeah, I can never. Um, the trailer was out a month or two ago. What are, what are your, because you're a very visual person. What What's your take so far on uh, the look of the Joker that we've seen? Because your Joker that you've, you know, drawn and illustrated, it's very iconic. And this right. Joaquin Phoenix looks more or less, I'd say more so jester than the Joker that we've seen. I mean, obviously he's got the green hair, but the sure. makeup is something that we yeah. really haven't really got into like so right. far. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, two things really. The, the first is I, I think that um, there's a, con, cons, you know, there, there's a real effort on, on the filmmaker's part to do something that uh, is, isn't, isn't the Joker, you know? And this isn't inside baseball or anything. I'm not speaking, you know, from any position of, of knowledge here. But it's just, it, you know, it seems to me like what they're trying to do is present people with a a film that features more kind of iconography than than specifics, and they're really doing something new. And I appreciate that, uh, you know, the attempt to try to do something a little bit different while respecting, I think, the basic look of the character, you know. Um, and I, I think there's certain things now as the more I'm finding out about, um, uh, you know, the way some of these things work, it's really amazing because, um, you really can't do visually some of the things that we've seen before because other filmmakers are very proprietary about their, uh, interpretations of those characters and they start to take ownership over it. So, you know, for example, um, the cut smile is something that is uh, Chris Nolan is proprietary of that look. So, you know, to be able to do that again um, wouldn't be a possibility for for another filmmaker. Uh, so you, you start having to really, as if I think these, you know, these um, um I want to call them creators just because I'm used to using that term in comics, but you know what I mean? Uh, the, the, I think these filmmakers want to try to do something that um, respects w what the character looks like in a very basic way and, and um, are doing the, the in, my, in my opinion, the best thing, which is they're focusing on letting their actor um, do that, 
you know, do that part in a way that will be new and very fresh and very interesting. And that's, you know, beyond the look of some someone like Heath Ledger or Jack Nicholson, you know, it's those individual performances that are so strong. I think that, you know, Nicholson, I just rewatched that movie not too long ago. And I mean, you know, um, I still, I still love what Nicholson did with that, with that role. It's, it's so Nicholson, but at the same time, it's, you know, there, he did some really iconic stuff there and, and obviously so did, um, Heath Ledger. So I, I expect that they are operating in the shadow of those performances and trying to do what they can to separate themselves from that, um, while still presenting what most people can refer to as the Joker. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. We're following you. We got you. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> uh, so Vertigo uh, recently, is, it sounds like they're it's going away and it's basically become the DC Black Label. And right. you have right. written, um, you know, Suiciders. You know, you've been, you know, you've done work with, you know, at the DC Vertigo company. What when you found out that that you know was not going to be a thing anymore? What was your you know your thoughts on that? Yeah, actually, um, I mean, almost everything I've ever done has been through the Vertigo offices because my longtime editor, um, Bill Dennis, was uh, a Vertigo editor, and so I, I did Lex Luthor and Joker. Both of those books were done through the Vertigo offices, not through the Bat offices at DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then of course you know I, I did. Um, Batman well with uh, directly with Mark Torello, who's the art director at the time of of DC, and he's the guy who did you know Wednesday Comics and Solo, and uh, you know he he, he was um, doing a lot of the kind of more special project stuff at, at DC, and so I I mean I've really almost never worked with the mainstream DCU. I, I, we are Robin, I think is the only is the only thing I've ever done with them. Everything else has been through the Vertigo offices, pretty much. So. Um, you know, I think there's, there's a Vertigo's brand has been pretty dead for, for quite some time. I think it's, um, retailers, you know, uh, um, tend to see that logo on something and they, they already have a set number of, of copies they're going to order, you know, uh, occasionally they'll go outside of that. Um, but it really was something where if you slap that logo on a book, the sales uh, are automatically, um, lower you know if if some of those same books had been published through image they they had they would have stood a chance of selling a little bit better i think um and i think that's just the problem with that with that brand over over time so when i found out they were shutting it down um obviously you know i'm a huge fan of the books that they produced in the past and having worked with them for so long it was sad but um it was sad that the brand was going away, but all those people are still, you know, um, well, not, I shouldn't say all of them, uh, but the people who are working on Vertigo books are still working on Black Label books, for example. You know, Mark Doyle, who is in charge of Vertigo, um, is still in charge of Black Label. So, I mean, it's it's essentially, um, you know, like we didn't lose uh, the people. So, uh, that, uh, that was, that was important to me, but you know, DC's DC as a company is, it's changing, um, really radically. So, uh, this is just kind of part and parcel for those changes. So far you've worked on many projects, including Suiciders, We Are Robin, Batman Noel, uh, and recently Batman Damned, uh, looking back on that catalog, uh, are there any projects that you are particularly fond of or do you have like an equal amount of love for all of your work oh it's um i don't know if i have love for any of my any of my work and i mean it sounds it always sounds like i hate to respond to those questions that way because it always sounds like a artsy fartsy kind of self-loathing or falsely modest it comes across as it, it comes across as that but it's really not it's just um uh, you know it's um <laughs> when I when I tend to look back on on old work, um, it's usually kind of 
unfortunately I'm not, not really able to see a lot of the, um, the positive things about those books until quite a bit of time has passed. And even then I still kind of, I still focus on the negative. Um, I think that a lot of that comes down to the fact that, uh, I probably started working maybe 10 years before I should have started working. I mean, you know, I, I, I broke into comics in such a, um, horrible time for the industry. Like the industry was just, it, the industry was downsizing so rapidly um, in the late nineties and, and, uh, people were really bailing out of comics. So publishers were kind of desperate, you know, they needed people to do work and, and, um, and I, I feel very fortunate to have broken in, in that moment in time, because it was, I, I probably, my skill level wouldn't have enabled me to break in if it had been a more solid, you know, moment in the, in the industry. But yeah, you know, it's, it's like, I, I, I think that when I, when I look back at the stuff that I've done, I mostly, uh, focus on what I feel like has been the most, um, honest, you know, what, what I feel like, what, what I feel like, uh, came across the closest to what we, what we wanted, what we wanted it to be. So Joker was really pretty pure in that way. I mean, Joker, we didn't really have a lot of, um, and now, especially now, uh, I look back at that and and wonder how you know how that ever even got made because it was it's just indicative of how different the company was at the time and and mm -hmm. how much um, and how much more they they trusted uh, their their creators at, at that point in time or specifically us but uh, um, that that book kind of stands out as not in terms of the work itself but more in terms of what we set out to do, we, we did, you know, we, we, to varying levels of, of success, but we, we, we set out to do exactly what the book was. So that to me is always, um, uh, you know, a win. Um, and then I, you know, suiciders for me was, was awesome just simply because it was my first real foray into something of my own. And so I, I think that was really, a very, very formative experience. I think I learned more doing that book than doing, you know, three other books combined. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Now you, you've written, you know, Rear Robin Suiciders, you know, Batman Noel. Right. Um, well, do you prefer to sit down and write out the script and then, you know, uh, I know you did, you, I know you did the covers for Rear Robin, but you weren't doing like yeah. the internals. Did do you prefer, I mean, I, I guess the one I'm asking is, do you prefer the art side of it where you're, you know, drawing out, illustrating all that? Or do you prefer putting the words on the page, you know, scripting? I'm a, I'm, I prefer drawing, definitely. I consider my, I don't really consider myself a writer. <laughs> I consider myself an artist who occasionally writes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I feel like uh, um, I only write when I really know what I want to, the story I want to tell. Um, I'm not, I've said this before, I think it's, it's, it's pretty accurate. It's, it's, you know, I feel like a, a professional writer, comic book writer, someone can go to them and say, give me an idea for the Hulk, you know, give me an idea for, uh, this character. And they do it. They, they, they take it as a code. They've got a crack, you know, or, or something like that. I, I absolutely do not work that way. I mean, I, ha I have, to, the idea really has to kind of be ingrown and I, and I have to spend a lot of time with it. So, you know, suiciders took forever for me to, um, for me to write. And I mean, um, we are Robin started out as being a very different, different project with the same kind of basic premises, but, but it was a different, very different project at first. And it went through kind of a, an evolutionary phase. Um, but I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I, I'm, I feel much more comfortable with the, with the artwork. Uh, I love to be involved in the stories. So like for Batman Damned, Brian and I plotted it together, you know, and then we worked Marvel style. So Brian just wrote a very full plot and then I drew the pages, um, based on the plot and then he scripted it after the artwork was done. So that was, that was a great uh, experience simply because it was, you know, um, I was very involved in the pacing of the story and, and, uh, uh -huh. there's a lot of stuff I wanted to do, um, specifically visually that I was able to do because we, we worked that way. But, um, 
Yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's kind of hard. I mean, I'll write again in the future, and I I, de- I definitely enjoy it. But I I mean, it's something that really does have to come um, from me. And and uh, I mean, I got asked to do a green light, uh, not green lights, or what I was going to say, green arrow pitch. And it was the first time I actually thought, you know, I'll I'll, I'll try this. I'll I'll try this out. Um, and it it was. You know the the finished result is I'm I'm very happy <laughs> they didn't they didn't go with it you know it it wasn't something it wouldn't have been something that I would have been real real proud of probably at the at the end of the day so um, yeah what well, how has your relationship with Brian evolved from you know your very earliest because you worked uh, you guys started on Luther right like that was was that your guys' first. Well, no, we started. Uh, we did Batman Deathblow was our first. Book. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, and then then Luther, then Joker, then before Watchmen, and then this was the fifth, mm-hmm. the fifth uh, collaboration. So um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it started off being you know uh, I think fairly common where you know he was writing full script and and it's since evolved into something where we're mu- we're much more collaborative. But um, I mean, I. I personally love what Brian does, so uh, I'm a big fan. So for me, it's I I trust it, him so much that I mean, it's a it's uh, you know in this particular case with Dan, it was awesome to see that actual words come in at the at the end of the process because um, you know working from a plot, you you know there was occasional bits and pieces of dialogue in there. But Brian's work is so uh, – he has such a talent for, for dialogue and for wordsmithing that that was really a treat to kind of see that at the end, um, you know, after I'd killed myself on the artwork for years. It was kind of cool to see it come together that way. Uh, and, and, yeah, so so it, it has evolved quite a bit. The, the working relationship has evolved. But, um, you know, I, I, I love collaborating with the guys, so – Right, and you, 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 both your work is so prolific. I remember uh, you sort of teased me that you was it like two years ago, I think it was, because I hit you up and I was like, "Hey, would you be interested in coming back on?" And you're like, "Yes, but I'm gonna be working on something soon. I can't tell you what." Right. And to kind of like kind of see that kind of full circle yeah. and see how you know, I mean, like you know, I was rereading Batman, damn, you know, one through three today. I was like, damn, this is so like it just like just to see, you know, the words on the page and, you know, the artwork and, you know, the pacing of the story. And then that, you know, that, you know, that I wouldn't say it's an ambiguous ending, but the way that you guys ended that is like, please don't be done with this. But it kind of seems like that's, you know, it's kind of like like the chapter on Batman damned, you know, is closed or some in some sort of way. Well, Um, it is now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's what that's what we want to talk, you know, really segue into because that, you know, the, there's so much controversy surrounding, you know, Batman Damned and it's part of this DC Black Label which is for much more mature audiences well, and you know that can yeah, not anymore, but yeah, it started out being that way, sure. Uh-huh. And it it's it's you know, for us it's bizarre to see how it's morphed into this holy other thing you know because for me my taste i love you know the you know the more mature mm. comic book dark knight returns noel Watchmen, uh you know frank miller's run on daredevil year one you know batman now batman damned but now to kind of like see it's kind of morph into this you know it started off as this here's you know those comic book art readers who grew up in the comic book world, you know, now they have, you know, cause I love comics, but I need to, I need, you know, I teach children. I'm an eighth grade teacher. I need something a little bit more oh, adult than me. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. and so to, you know, to see it kind of like morph into this other thing as a fan, it's disappointing, you know, yeah. and, and let, let's talk about the marketing because there's been for me anyway, there's been no marketing no, for yeah, Batman no. damned. And what they, you know, yeah, they they marketed the first issue. They they put uh, a video together that was that was pretty cool, um, and they definitely were putting a lot of oomph into the marketing. 
around San Diego Con last year, so three months before the book, the book was gonna was actually gonna ship, or two or three months before the book was gonna actually gonna ship. And they printed this famous, now famous galley, you know, which they were handing out to um, just about everybody. And, um, yeah, they started out marketing it, but, um, when the book came out it was just a huge combination of factors, um, and I'll try to tell, tell it in a way that isn't, hopefully doesn't bore people, but, um, yeah. So, uh, you, you know, Warner brothers uh, was going through this merger with AT&T, this kind of big, uh, very complex merger. And so that was finishing up right around the time they were launching black label. And our book being the first out of the gate, I think, um, was kind of, uh, uh, there was a lot of, I mean, first of all, it was under scrutiny internally, um, in a new way because there was a new boss and, uh, her first day on the job literally was the day the book came out. That's my understanding is that her first day was, was like, Hey, here's this book. And Stephen Colbert is talking about it. Um, and saying that you guys are, what do you say? Something like, you know, oh, they're trying to sell comic books by, by, uh, <laughs> by putting Bruce Wayne naked, which that always, that always makes me laugh because people who don't know anything about the industry, which uh, even a lot of people who follow comics don't know this. The moment you slap a suggested for mature readers, um, uh, warning on a comic book, generally you cut your orders in half. I mean, it, it's like that people won't order it. Um, they, you know, you, you, diminish your sales quite a bit. Um, and so, so the idea that we somehow thought that doing Bruce Wayne, you know, naked would somehow sell comic books is completely absurd. You know, it's, it was the thought really, I honestly thought if we sold 40 or 50,000 copies of the first issue, it would have been a success in, in my mind for, for the content for, um, I knew what we were doing with the book and the book is not easily consumable. You know, it's, uh, it's not a typical Batman story. It's, um, it's a much more thematically, uh, complex book. And it, it's also a lot of people just don't like those kind of, um, nightmarish fever dream kind of, kind of stories. So I, I expected there, I expected us to have a harder time selling the book. The orders came through, the initial order came, came, orders came through and they were huge. So even before people knew about the, the controversy, the orders were really big. So there was a lot of eyes on the book and expecting the book, um, you know, which was great for us. And again, this is all before anybody, you know, before the, the penis became a big deal. But uh, um at, at any rate, you know, I, I've been working on the book for two years, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that, that first issue was sitting around for a long time and a lot of people saw it. And uh, the feeling in the office, the, the concerns in the office seemed to be more based on the last page, you know, like the the, the Joker crucifix page. Um, and honestly, I knew that people that I knew that, you know, I know the world we live in and, and, um, I know the cesspool that is Twitter. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, I knew that there would be a lot of snarky comments because, you know, people can't help, but, you know, but be postmodern. It's the world we live in, but like they, they, um, the race to be the first with the joke, you know, but, but, uh, it's, I knew there would be talk about it, but I, I honestly never expected the um, attention that that one specific thing got. And it, it, I started to become incredibly aware of um, of uh, what most people think um, is a mature comic book, you know, uh, uh, is not necessarily um, – well, let me rephrase that. So, you know, like people thought that that's what the inclusion of nudity was what made that book mature to us, which wasn't really the case at all. I mean, I think the book is is a, a mature book because thematically it deals with with a man who made a mistake and, um, you know, is trying to figure out if if that 
mistake has in fact completely tainted his his soul you know what i mean like it's it's a it's a it's a it's a morality tale of, about responsibility and, and and i think that is a very mature mature topic you know what i mean you can you can do you can do it in a book um in in a thousand different ways but the content of the book thematically was much more mature what that was what was mature about the book to us um and when when we initially started talking about black label the idea the brief was to do um dc as if done by hbo so uh-huh. you know profanity um uh, you know we thought um i think there were initial conversations about like how far can we go with this and and the answer was uh, an hbo show and so uh, you know we 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 set about to do just that and um you know, part of, again, part of the problem was the merger with, with AT&T, a new boss who came from Disney, who um, very much, she comes from the world of toys. So she doesn't understand publishing. And I don't think that the management of DC knew what to do with that book. I think everybody was afraid to lose their jobs because they were in the middle of a very big merger. No one wanted to be seen as the bad guy. Um, so a lot of, a lot of factors came, came into play there. Um, you know, uh, and unfortunately the, the, you know, the problems that came about because of that were, um, you know, eventual changes to the second issue and, and, um, you know, that, that was, that was kind of in the cards as soon as, uh, I think as soon as new management took over, because very much the idea of doing um let's just call them r-rated comic books was no longer something that uh from my understanding was no longer something that she was interested in pursuing so um you know you have uh just a lot of different factors at play which a lot of people you know um specifically again uh you know like people swimming in the in 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 the twitter shit pile um you know like they they hear one person say, oh, my God, it's it's this is all so and so's fault or, or you know, Batman damned uh, destroyed vertigo like that was going to go away before. You know, I mean, th- th- there was there were things that were set in motion when that company got sold um, that, uh, you know, would have come about uh, whether our book had, had come out or not. I think we just were. Um, uh, the book that kind of bridged the gap between the old and the new essentially. And, um, you know, and, and, and that, that's, that's why now, you know, it's probably going to be as originally intended, the only real black label, (laughs) only real black label. And you're right. It is so thematic and it is mature, but it's not because of, a photograph of Bruce Wayne's penis. It's because right, of right. the content. And if you go look at that second issue, you know, Bruce is pointing a gun at, at Martha Wayne and she's right, begging right. Bruce to never do that again. And it kind yeah. of, and you know, if you look at Bruce's history with guns, you know, right. his, his no rule, like right there, that, sh- you know, there's your mature content. It's not, you know, something that, you know, you know, an illustration of a penis. I mean, you know, Michelangelo did it, you know, all these artists, artists have done it, you know, the, you know, it just, for me, I love that sequence in issue two, where, you know, you see the internal struggle of a mother who's dealing with her own side issue of finding out that her you know spoilers for those who haven't read it finding out that her husband is having an extramarital affair and now she's got to deal with you know her son playing around with with a gun right and pointing it at mom and you know like that right there like if you know just one of those issues it's thematic and mature and it's, but dealing with both of them at this, at the same time, they're at, it's an intersecting crossroads. And that's why I love, you know, the writing of Brian and the, the way that you're able to capture his scripts and his words, because those moments right there, that's why 
I, as a fan, was attracted to the DC label, you know, as it originally was intended, because I knew with you guys at the forefront of it, that's what I was going to get. I mean, I never would have ever thought, you know, because you think of these iconic characters as being, you know, like, you know, that, you know, the Lincoln, the marble link, you know, what I'm saying with Abraham Lincoln is like this perfect marbleized version of that person. But when you, but when you find out about, you know, Lincoln, he's much more, you know, damaged and coming to find out that, you know, damn, Thomas Wayne had an affair, you know, who's this other woman? Right. And it's well, so interesting. I think I think the other big thing to that I always discuss is the fact that you know this character's got eighty years of history, and mm-hmm. it's, it's been done every month, you know, um, and and bear, to various degrees of success and and, and quality. So uh, you know, you're dealing with a character where um, uh you're contending with a lot of, of reader baggage, you know, and, and they, and they, and a lot of that you want them to bring to the table. I, I want readers to um, know who Batman essentially is when they go into reading one of our books. Um, and, and I think that that's, uh, it's an also important to um, color outside of the lines a little bit when we have the a possibility to do that, like in, a, 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 you know, a book like this where, you know, we're not we're not um, attempting to redefine Batman with this book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's uh, it, I think that for people uninterested in, in that kind of interpretation, they're in luck. They've got a lot. I've got 80 years of comic books out there they can read. And, and the monthly book will continue to give them more of what they are um, accustomed to seeing. Howard Shaken talk, talked about this, which I think is really interesting. Um, and, and, you know. He uh, he's always been a uh, a creator I admire and and um, I, I like how he challenges tends to challenge readers and and he says that um, you know much like soap operas on TV that have these very loyal and very hardcore kind of fan base it's it's really the same kind of thing um, with comic books in the sense where you you start to have people who want comfort food with these books, you know, they want stuff that reminds them of what they loved as they were kids. So there's a nostalgia factor there. They also, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's also, there's also the eternal struggle of our comic books. Um, um, you know, uh, a, uh, adult art form. Can they be an adult art form? I mean, obviously my answer to that is yes, of course they can, but to a lot of people, there's still, there's an identity crisis, you know, they're trapped between can they or can't they. And so you get a lot of people saying, um, well, of course I, I, you know, you know, of course I want to see, you know, comic books that deal with more adult themes, but the moment like they get a, a sight of a shadowy naked man, they turn into like 14 year olds, you know? So it's, it's this really weird. Um, it's, I, I always thought it would make a real interesting sociological experiment experiment. Cause even like some other creators are completely obtuse about it. You know, they're, they're like very, um, uh, it, it was, it, it was a button that, that, that we pushed. And, and I think that, um, I mean, I'm super stoked, <laughs> you know, I, like I, 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 I think that, um, again, a character with that much history, with that many different interpretations, with that, with all, so many good books out there, Batman books out there. Cause I mean, there's just probably more so than any character Batman has amazing, uh, stories, and it's, it, you know, you have this multi-million dollar franchise now that is Batman. And to be able to make that a little bit counterculture for a brief, very brief moment in time was pretty cool, you know? Um, so uh, it, it, it was interesting to see. And and uh, and hopefully now that the, the, you know, the series is done and it will be collected, people can kind of consume it in um, in a different way. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm hoping that now the initial, it's like you pulled off the band aid. now, you know, um, 
giggle about it if you if you feel the need to you know but uh <laughs> it don't bother me none it's like right, right. it's like you know as long as long as uh as long as the story gets consumed and and, and talked about um you know it's good enough for me absolutely so the very ending of batman damned was that something that you and brian had planned from the start or is yes. that something that okay uh, absolutely the, the entire last issue is exactly as we intended it to be there was the changes um that they made were uh, uh sexual content from the second issue into the second issue was removed um and uh you know um that that was i, I think that was another thing people started to make a big deal about changes being made and um uh, some comic book read, I read some stuff on some comic book websites where they were like the entire issue is being reworked. No, I mean, we, we had to redrew, I had to redraw four pages twice. I had to do them twice because, um, even the redrawn pages didn't, didn't work, uh, for the, for management. But yeah, you know, the, um, the issue was really with that, with that ending and the third issue that, that ending is everything about that is what we talked about two years ago. So, I mean, uh, you know, it was, uh, I, you know, we wanted to do an, uh, to do a nightmare, to do something that, that was the closest that we could come to how a nightmare kind of feels and what a nightmare for Batman would be like, mm -hmm. um, you know, cuts that don't cuts that can be pretty jarring. Um, you know, uh, that sense of for, for a character who's so used to being in control all the time, that sense of that lack of control was was something I really wanted to do and um, take away a bit of that uh, kind of macho punch him up aspect of Batman. You know what I mean? Where where, um, you know, there's still some of that in there, but but uh, I, I just like the idea of of throwing him into this maze that he can't really. Um, reason his way out of because there's stuff there that goes beyond goes beyond that um yeah yeah so so that was that was what we we wanted to do we 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 uh, we you know luther and, and and joker and even watchman um we very much set out to do these kind of very grounded stories where even if it was a superman book we wanted very much for it to feel uh real and you know as relatable as possible we wanted to do something totally different with this which was like you know go out there and uh um again it's a risk it's the risky stories because a lot of people you know you're not david lynch doesn't get huge box office because <laughs> because people <laughs> aren't always down for twin peaks you know what i mean right. like some people want very linear stories and i get that um there were a few moments in the books that I noticed, like I think it's uh, issue two where Harley is on top licking Batman. And it was, like, was that, did you kind of like take inspiration from that, from uh, Tim Burton's Batman Returns? Cause I was watching that the other night and I was reading that earlier today. I was like, wait a second here. Was this, or is that sort of <laughs> unintentional? Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, it, all that stuff kind of is in, is there in the ether anyway, and kind of the pop culture zeitgeist of, of Batman. But, um, no, I mean, the, the end of the second issue was, uh, you know, if this is, um, I mean, without putting too fine a point on it, this is Dante's Inferno, but with, with Batman, the second ring of hell is, is lust, right? So the, mm -hmm. the ending of the second book is very much about about that is about, you know, this idea of, um, temptation and lust and, and, uh, and yeah, that, that was, you know, the, the, um, again, it's so interesting to see, to see then how people react to that kind of stuff, especially it got, that got a little sensationalized too, for a very brief moment. Um, just because no one, no one knew what a fucking autopsy scar was, but, but, uh, <laughs> which, I, which I was always, it's, I read someone say something like Harley cuts herself and then Batman hate fucks her on the bat signal. And I was like, what? <laughs> not really. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
that, that really didn't happen in the end of that book. But if you oh, think it did, then more power, more power to you. Oh my god, uh, you got to say hate fuck on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I read that, and I read that in more than one place, which I was always like, wow, that's really, that's really bizarre because uh, you know. Uh, oh, you yeah. you are right. Twitter is a cesspool. <laughs> now, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually I actually read that on um, I think on some website i forget which one but yeah the um the oh, dude, i i avoid twitter like to like i know like i used to be able to communicate with you on twitter but now well, there's other forms that i have to sneakily get to you on so yeah. oh yeah I, I i quit twitter a few years ago just because i i i kept signing on and and um the first thing i would read would always inevitably be someone bitching or pissed off about something or some like you know what I mean? And and I, oh, yeah. I I looked at my feed and I was like, wow, I'm kind of doing some of that too. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. and, it, and it was and it was something that I I I wanted to um make a real point to not be part of, uh, you know, after that because it, it it and then all this weird shit was happening where if you were a comic book creator, some people you would have to like pledge your allegiance to certain comic book movements or you'd be associated with other comic and i was just like i'm out of here like this is this is really becoming some kind of weird orwellian um orwellian nightmare you know what i mean it was just like yeah anyway um i digress but yeah yeah yeah. Every day I'm I'm getting closer and closer to that delete button. If I didn't have a podcast, I would have been out like years <laughs> yeah. ago. Right. right so right. I'm like like the other day, I'm just like I'm watching people touch and lick ice cream. I'm just like <laughs> oh, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Almost right. there. I mean fancy, it's getting so, worse uh, every day. It's ridiculous. I know. It's so bad. I'm trying to think there was I think there was one other question that I had for you. Before we let you get on with your evening, let me see sure. here. Kyle, did you have anything? Because the only other question I had was like, like it was like such a silly question. That's why it's probably a good. I I wrote, uh, what was it like drawing John Constantine standing next to Batman on a ledge in Gotham? <laughs> there you go. Oh, it's cool. Oh uh, man, I love that. I always enjoy Constantine. I think he's so. I think he's such a uh, – he's just a, an expressive kind of fun character, but I just – I can't get enough of cigarettes and trench coats. So, I mean, I, that's – for me, uh, he's the perfect uh, – he's the perfect mix there. Constantine really <laughs> does not get the love he deserves. I, I really enjoyed doing all – like, you know, I I wanted to do Swamp Thing for so long. I mean, I, I it was – it, Swamp Thing was one of those characters that um, they offered me Swamp Thing covers a few years ago, and I turned them down because uh, I just didn't have time. I was working on, I think I was working on Rorschach at the time, and I just didn't have time to do them. And it was always one of those things that really bit me in the ass. Like over the years, I was like, oh, I would have loved to do, oh, that would have been so much fun. So getting to draw him was a, a blast. Um, he was a huge pain in the ass to draw, but he, he you know, it was, it was fun. When all, when all was said and done. Um, but yeah, like Dead Man, Spectre, all those characters—they're my favorite um, DC characters outside of the Bat universe. I always love those um, dark, kind of magical, magical characters. So that that was, you know. That was it was a treat to get to to draw those characters and reimagine. Seeing, it. seeing your rendition of Santana and there, I was like, oh, yeah. yes, yeah we, yeah, yeah. we had long conversations, Brian and I, about um, about uh, what all, <laughs> like the you know the nerdiest conversations about what our Spectre would be like and Etrigan and and um, you know, I'm such a huge uh fan he's my favorite jack kirby character of all time Mm -hmm. and so uh it was like it was like you know there was that part of me that was like i really want to do traditional etrigan but at the same time i love this idea that we're playing with in this book so it was it was it was fun it was a lot of uh that that was definitely that was definitely a treat doing those guys yeah like i love reading that book and it's been like because you 
how I read my comics is I read it and I kind of like I take in the the artwork and then I go immediately when I'm done reading it I go over it again because I can really put it into context you know especially your artwork is so intricate and like, you really have to look through everything like there you have a close up of a cigarette and I think it's what issue is it in Damned maybe the end of the second one. I'm just like, damn, I probably took him like four hours to do that <laughs> close up of that, you know, cigarette that's burning. I was like, God damn, it's so good. <laughs> thank so. you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it takes a long time. Shit. I mean, I, I wish I was faster, but, uh, it's, um, yeah, this stuff just, it's stuff just takes a long time, but I, you know, there's, there's, um, I'm always glad to hear when people go through things a second time or read things a second time, just because I, I think that, you know, you as a comic book artist, you're generally trained to believe that it, it's a quick kind of throwaway medium, right? Like people are supposed to read it on a toilet or something like that. Like, you, you, you know, and, and I was never, I was never like that as a kid. I was always rereading, reading and rereading books. And, and, um, you know, it's, it was something that I, I, I remember there was all these arguments where people in back in the studio days at Wildstorm where they were talking about, well, painted comics are, you know, it's the worst way to do a comic book because it slows your eye down and, and you can't read it at a pace. And I remember thinking, well, I, I read, you know, Arkham Asylum, which is a painted book, and I had no mm -hmm. problem with the rhythm of that. But again, I, I reread that book and reread that book. I mean... Uh, discovering new things about it every time. Um, and then something like Simon Bisley's stuff in Judgment on Gotham, it was like that that was painted work and it just flew. It just, it was so dynamic. And and uh, I think that, you know, if, if you can pull off whatever it is you're doing as an artist, right, hopefully people can come back to it Um you know, multiple, multiple times. And, and hopefully, especially with this story, I, I hope that people can discover new things about it. And, and, um, uh, I always wanted to do something that, that, you know, um, you know, when you see a, a movie and it ends and you think, Oh fuck it. I can't wait to see that a second time because I'll probably have a completely different, a different experience watching it, you know? <laughs> So I always wanted to do that uh, with a comic book. I don't know if we pulled it off here, but that was the goal. I mean, I like I was when I got because three came out last week. Was it last week when mm -hmm. I got three? Yeah. I, that's how I. That's how I because I'm so invested in, you know, like I'm not just blowing smoke. Like I'm invested in your like you are, you know, the Neil Adams, Denny O'Neill of this generation. So, oh, it I, like. No, it's for real. Can't be that, but th thank you. There's no no way those guys completely re redefine that character. I appreciate you saying that, but it's but. so <laughs> the way that you guys, you know, from you know Luthor, like I'm constantly just going back. It's like, man, there's so much detail. It's it's almost as if I'm watching, you know, a film. Like it's so thematic. It's so filmic, and like. That's why. That's why I had to send you that nineteen. I don't know if you were had a chance to look at that nineteen forties video. My friend texted me. He's like, "I'm all over it." Later on, I'm definitely <laughs> that. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, uh, one of my buddies sent me. It's a. It's like a trailer to like eighty nine Batman, but it's like done in like nineteen forty style with like a dude. Oh, does like, really? Like like a trailer, like and this amazing awesome. nineteen in it. And it's and it's Jackie Nichols and Mickey Keaton and it's like God, it's so awesome. Oh, that sounds hilarious. It's 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 hilarious, but it's like I want this 1940s version of this film now. Like just yeah. it, just go put put this in. Yeah. So well, have you guys ever seen the old serials, the old Batman yes. serials? Mm -hmm. okay. So um, so good. Yeah. <laughs> when I when uh, I don't, I guess. When I was I, I was ten or eleven, I forget when the first Batman Burton movie came out, and um, you know I remember we we bought those uh, video cassettes of those old serials, and you know it was a Batman craze, so they had you know all the '60s Batman TV show stuff was on TV and reruns, and 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 uh, I remember I discovered those um, 
those uh, Batman serials. And I even at the time, I remember being really intrigued by the black and white of it. You know what I mean? It was just like there was something kind of grainy and, and uh, so bad, but weirdly like interesting at that at that time i tried to rewatch them maybe a couple of years ago because some of that stuff's on youtube and i was just like oh my god this is really <laughs> this is really bad but i mean <laughs> at, at the time but at the time you watch that and you think wow if that had really been done you know on a higher budget at that point in time that would have been something to see you know like uh, that you ever you ever hear about that um it's like a fake news story that came out about uh, Orson Welles playing Batman. Yeah, I, I I'm a huge Orson Welles fan, so like I like if I could get out up for like two seconds, I have like like books and books and books. Just one second, just because I feel like you won't believe me. Just I'll be right back. <laughs> I think he showed me this collection before. It's it's quite something. <laughs> oh, there he goes. I, I, yeah, I mean, I I remember reading that and thinking like, oh my god, this has been true that would have been like the, the photography of something like the third man but with you know um yeah but with batman that would have been okay i'm a huge wells fan so i had to share oh. this so <laughs> book one i don't know right. if you can see oh, it i have it for have sure it, my background blurred for a reason so um two and three. <laughs> oh man and then like this this biography is a set of three and then i just i just recently got this one so yeah. huge orson welles fan so when i saw that i was like can we can can they do like a cgi version of wells as batman wouldn't that be cool oh my god like, uh, like they did that like you know into the spider verse not that yes. stuff they did on that level of quality i should say yeah yeah so badass and they could get uh because Tim Burton's Ed Wood had Vincent D'Onofrio as Orson Welles, and he did a pretty decent job as uh, Welles and kind of got the voice down. So I'd be like, he'd be a pretty good Orson Welles Batman if they did like a CGI version with yeah. his voice. So, um, yeah, <laughs> one, I have like one just a fan question for you. Yeah, um, sure. You said you recently watched Batman, like yeah. in the 89 version. Yeah. Was it did you watch it on 4K? Uh I watched it on Netflix. So Okay. I, yeah. They yeah, yeah. they so they read so I don't, I just purchased it on 4K. I have a 4K. Okay. I don't know if you They redid with the re-releases, they redid the sound effects for a lot of the things in the first Batman. So huh. it's like watching the film for the first time again. Like when I first saw it in the theater, like the gunshots uh were different. Like completely redubbed the gunshots. They redubbed the Joker's voice when uh, he has the helicopter and he's looking over Batman. You know, after the yeah. Uh, so if you ever get a chance to watch that on 4K, mm. it's it's pretty it, like it's gorgeous and like the sound effects are so much better now. It's like damn. Yeah, it's, the film actually has great cinematography, but it, mm -hmm. the um. The thing about that movie is, I mean, really, it's it's just it still blows me away to this day how artistic it is. I mean, it, it's really amazing that movie got made, was so successful, and to me, it's like the complete opposite of what we see now. <laughs> it's it's the total opposite. It's like you know now we have these like cookie cutter kind of movies where you have to insert this here and make sure that this character ends up here mm -hmm. um you know and it's it's so weird to see that movie and see the just totally bizarre shit that they were able to pull off just because no one knew that would be such a you know such a big deal i mean i you know that that scene of, of um, Jack Nicholson in the uh, surgeons, you know, in the surgeon's yep. office, that scene is so is so camp in a weird way, but it, it it's so kind of creepy at the same time that I just, you know, I, I wonder what the execs at that time thought when they were seeing dailies. <laughs> they must have just been thinking, these guys are completely out of their mind. 
I'm, yeah. li- I'm, I'm really looking forward to that Joker movie. I've read the script, and I think that Joaquin Phoenix is going to do something. It's not like a comic book film. It's literally about this dude who just yeah. keeps having a shitty day, and then the next day is even worse, and the next day is even worse, and he just kind of slowly falls into madness. And I wish I could share this one thing with you. I feel like it might be a little spoilerish, so I'll keep it to myself. I, I know the story. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely know this. I, I definitely know the story. Um but like I, the Joker laugh, like it's almost like a Tourette's like thing is yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, I seriously don't want to say anything anything about it. Um you know, just out of respect for mm-hmm. uh, people involved in the in the movie and everything like that. I, I think um I think it's gonna be something pretty pretty spectacular and, and you know in, in the same way again that i think um not a lot of those kind of films are anymore right? so uh, i i hope it does i hope it does well um i think you know it's i think it's going to be uh, a breath of fresh air even though it's such a kind of dark movie i, I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air in a in a you know in a in a year of um you know otherwise kind of uh skittles looking comic book movies <laughs> so uh, are there gonna be like mcdonald's happy meal like cat like movies but i'll take skittles i wish i wish there was that much nutrition and <laughs> you know it's like skittles it's just sugar that's all it is it's just sugar and color it's like look at what we have here Oh, all right, yeah, sir. All right. I, we appreciate you coming on. We thank you so much. We don't want to keep because we'll just keep talking to you yeah. for like another hour or two. So, <laughs> yeah, um, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's awesome. Thank yeah, you very much. Always, always a pleasure for us, you know, to have you on. And we'd love to do it again sometime. Hopefully, not, you know, four years. Was it <laughs> three, four years later? So, right, right, right. Yeah, thanks so much. Patient and, and uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I appreciate the support, guys. It's it's awesome. Yeah, thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Have a good day. You guys too. Bye.